We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate Proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Thursday. Toby and Gabe with the Huddle Reloaded coming up here in just a bit. But let's kick this episode off with my one-on-one with Isaiah Thomas from earlier in the week. Love to be joined by Isaiah Thomas, IT. Obviously not the result that you wanted in Waco this weekend, but you know what's, what's the key to bouncing back from adversity? You guys faced it early a couple times last year. This program doesn't lose a lot, but what's the key to bouncing back? Uh, you know, also, like, no, noticing, like, what's ahead of us. Like, know that we still are able to control the things that we can control and that, you know, we got to respond as men because adversity defines or reveals a man's true character. So if we respond the way we want to, to show who we really are. What is now the short term, right? Practices this week, the, the grind as a captain. 
How do you enforce to guys the importance of Tuesday and Wednesday and being ready for Saturday? Yeah, just exactly what you said, the short term of day by day mentality, that preparation. You know, we got to focus on what we didn't do last week and see what we can correct into this week, you know, whether it's mentally or physically or just individually as your preparation throughout the week. Like if you notice something that you didn't do that you traditionally do the first nine weeks or the first nine games of the season. So just focus on the little things. And, you know, it'll, the little things end up being the big thing. So we just got to uh, continue to work on that. You know, one thing I notice is there's never finger pointing. There's never infighting. I mean, Isaiah, this team understands we got to work together. Do you see that as well in the locker room? Yeah, I definitely do. You know, uh, at times it can feel like offense and defense, you know, but we also got to, like, notice that we can hold the offense as accountable as we do our guys on our side of the ball. It can't just be like, uh, Caleb, you know, get the guys right on offense or, you know, Tyrese or Marquise, you know, get those guys right. I think that, like, if I feel the need of the offense, that I see something from the offense, like a lack of energy, or if they see something, a lack of energy on defense, that they can come to us so we can come to them. So definitely we see that cohesiveness and togetherness, and we just got to be more assertive in that area at times. How important is that to not have anyone who's going to get their feelings hurt if you're like, hey, we got to step up. They know it's all part of a bigger goal. Oh, definitely. It's real important. You know, uh, definitely guys, you know, if they're not coming to, you know, for any harm or anything like that or any negative energy, we're just coming out there because, and, you know, letting – let uh say what we got to say and letting it be heard because we all have one goal in mind, you know, and that's one game at a time, and that's a Big 12 championship and hopefully being in the playoffs to, for a national championship. You know, it, there, there were times for a majority of that game where I felt like, like the defense did a really nice job. When you look back on the film, Isaiah, I know some of the missed tackles were frustrating, but as, as a squad – there's some positives that you can take from that defensively, right? Oh, 100%. You know, like going into the fourth quarter, we had just allowed 10 points and we allowed 14 in the fourth quarter. But there was a lot of positives uh, prior to that. You know, we just got to re remind ourselves of that just because not every situation or possession goes our way. We can't attach our feelings to that. And we got to go out with the same mentality of 0-0 every drive and possession. How do you personally, how does Isaiah Thomas handle a defeat? Is it one of those where you want to wash it quick and start preparing or – do you go back and, and, and want to relive it so you don't forget that pain? What's that process like for you after a loss? Uh, on the weekend, for sure. Just got to, you know, try to get as most as I can out of it, watch it again, see what I didn't do right or see what we could have done better as a team. But, like, starting today, you know, it's in the back of my mind now, and I got to see what's ahead of me now this week going to our last home game. But it's definitely not the way how everyone handles it. So, you know, we got to find a way what works for us and as a team to get the answers that we want. Isn't it wild to think that, you know, we've sat here and we've had a chance to talk a lot for, for this, this show. This is the last home game of the season. It feels like it just flies by. How do you handle the emotions of that, but with also a very good opponent coming in? Oh, yeah, it's surreal. You know, I kind of think of it as high school, like, is that moment, like, it's the last home game. Like, like it's really here, but you can't be too tied into your emotions because at the end of the day, it's, it's another game that you got to play. But it's something that definitely you can't just ignore. You know, you got to embrace it, indulge it, because I know for me, all the adversity and all the things I've been through, you know, being out there on that uh, on that home field one last time this season, it'll mean a lot to me, you know, and the guys playing under me and the guys that's playing with me, you know, it'll definitely mean a lot to them too. And then finally, I'll let you go on this. Iowa State coming in, they played us tough, uh, met them in the uh, Big 12 championship game, avenged a loss last year. Uh, always a, a unique offensive attack with a good quarterback and Purdy and a good running back in Hall. What have you seen in your early prep for the Cyclones? Uh, definitely similar things to what I've seen last year. You know, as we all know, they return majority, if not all, their starters, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they still have, you know, those big tight ends that they execute and uh, use very well. You know, that dominant running back, one of the best in the country and a good quarterback for sure. And, you know, like I said, similar to the things that we've seen, you know, got to watch a little more to get a feel for them. But definitely nothing like I always said that we can't handle and nothing we haven't seen. If we just control what we can control and, you know, execute our jobs. Appreciate your time, IT. Good luck this weekend, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hey, on Saturday's pregame show, we're going to be on the air, Gabe Eichert and myself, live from the Party of the Palace at 9 a.m. 
We've got a special one-on-one with Caleb Kelly. His career has come to an end after an unfortunate injury. He'll be one of the six seniors and others who will celebrate their career on Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium's field before kickoff. But you won't want to miss it that Saturday morning in the 9 o'clock hour on the Sooner Radio Network. All right, let's count down to kickoff. It's OU Iowa State, the home finale. Toby and Gabe, get you ready with a huddle reloaded. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. On a Tuesday night, it is time for Sooner Football Talk over the course of the next two hours. We're going to talk OU football in the next hour. I'll be joined by the Butkus Award winner, Teddy Lehman, and head coach Lincoln Riley. But this is the Lincoln Riley pregame show. We call it the huddle. Please help me welcome Gabe Eichard, everybody. What's up, bud? The energy in here is down. Well, I get it. I, I know it didn't go well in Waco. I understand that, but right. I thought that we could rely on the Rudy's faithful. You guys excited to, pick us to be up. here tonight? Are we excited to be here? There we go. That's that's a little more better. Like it. It's a little better. Uh, it is a bounce back week, Gabe, and it starts here tonight. We need you to be special tonight. We got to get this team back in the win column. Sooners fall to Baylor, twenty seven fourteen Saturday down in Waco. Next up, Iowa State. Another tough test. Back home, the home finale, 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Opening segment brought to us by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. You want to start by taking a look at the highlights? We can figure out what, what went wrong. Let's do it. Let's take a look at the highlights. Down on the banks of the Brazos on Saturday morning, the Sooners got it going early. Two-yard touchdown run by Caleb Williams. Second seemed, quarter. Seemed like everything was going so well at this point. Yeah, the defense was playing well. Looked like the offense finally got it into gear, but Baylor answered right back. Tyquan Thornton found himself open. Yeah, just Key Lawrence, you know, some growing pains switching positions, right? Well, this is – we're not used to seeing that. A missed field goal by Gabe Burkich. Baylor made one. We're in the second half already. It was 7-7 at halftime. Now 10-7 Baylor. Oh, boy. That was ugly. Caleb Williams trying to throw it away, threw it to their own team. Yeah, forgot to bring Kennedy Brooks back into the backfield and just a a critical error there. Baylor would make them pay. Fourth quarter time now. They take a two-score lead on the Bohannon touchdown run, and he'd do it again, and this is when you knew they were in big-time trouble. It's now 24-7. Baylor, Oklahoma would, behind Caleb Williams again, get a big play down the field. That would almost lead him to a touchdown. Jaden Hazelwood took it deep into Baylor territory. They would score a couple of plays later, but too little too late as the Bears would controversially tackle on a field goal at the end and win it 27-14. to 14. Stay on the field, they said. Stay on the field. There we uh, go. We're gonna. I guess I we're think, gonna show this. I think Bo Hannon said, "Please, <laughs> no, I guess we're please, not gonna show get get off. <laughs> uh, we want you to come, but not yet." <laughs> not sure if that's the first rushing or the second rushing. We saw there briefly. Twenty-seven, fourteen Bears, and a uh, couple of ugly stats here. Gave the rushing yards, most notably. It is very, very, very difficult to go beat a good team on the road when you cannot run the football. And you you have to give Baylor's defensive line credit. Knew they were a good group coming in, and they controlled things. Controlled things, made it difficult on Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray. Caleb Williams, when they dialed up QB run game, just could not get anything going 
at all on the ground. And I, I think that, that affected the offense as a whole. And just we're, we're, we're not used to seeing Lincoln Riley offenses yeah. be that ineffective. It was, it was weird to watch, frankly. Well, especially considering uh, the week before, Chandler Morris and TCU had put up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points on them. And to uh, see Oklahoma have that much trouble was just a little shocking. Yeah, and I, I think that anybody that has played competitive athletics at any level, right? You know, junior high, high school, if you played in college, played professionally, we've all had those games. Sometimes you, you, you feel prepared. You feel like you've put all the work in. You show up. You're ready to go. And you just get your butt kicked. Yeah. And it's, it's happened to me in college, in the National Football League. It's happened to anybody, pretty much, that has played football at a really, really high level. That's just kind of what happened, right? I, I think Baylor played the best game of their season, and Oklahoma, just for whatever reason, couldn't match the intensity, couldn't match the physicality, and it, it all kind of came to a head in that fourth quarter, and Baylor just took over. And – the frustrating part is finishing games had been the thing that this team had been That's doing right. all season long, right? Even in the games where it wasn't pretty, they'd been finishing in the fourth quarter. And they just – they could never solve – can never solve the issues. I felt like when it was 10-7 going to the fourth, all right, this is where Oklahoma wins. They just win these games. It's a three-point game, and they've won 17 in a row, and they're going to make the plays. Stasm did pretty. But they're going to make the plays. It just didn't happen for them. They, they, no. They and would drop a pass or would, they would get a big penalty. How many big penalties did they get that put them behind the chains? Baylor made a couple of big plays and this went in the wrong column. Yeah, that that Abram Smith run. Yeah. Back at the start of the fourth. That was that's where it felt like things were starting to turn. And yeah. the defense just they'd been on the field for so many snaps because the offense couldn't get anything going. And I, I really think that the defense Played three quarters of really solid football. I mean, really solid, but just got worn down. And I know that sounds like an excuse, but that's why when we talk about complimentary football, mm-hmm. that's why we bring it up so much because it, it just can't be one side of the ball playing well because that, that really puts a ton of stress, a ton of strain on the other side. And the defense held up, and they held up, and they held up. And then Baylor got things rolling. They found they found something with the QB run game with Gary Bohannon as well in that fourth quarter. And just the offense couldn't get anything going, couldn't answer. It just it's, it wasn't fun. I didn't have fun. I know yeah, that. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is the beauty and also kind of what stinks about college football in particular. You played in the co- college, you played in the NFL. In the NFL, if Buffalo – Goes to Jacksonville, one of the best teams in the league, goes to the worst team of the league and loses, like happened last week. You go, that's weird, but. National Football League, baby, salary cap. It's kind of even. There's 17 games. It'll be fine. Every game feels like more than just one game in college football. It's monumental. You have a bad day, suddenly you're behind the eight ball, you know. And the thing that made this one feel even worse is – it was championship November. Right. This is when uh, you're used to him playing good. This is, this is when Lincoln Riley has had his teams playing at their highest level, and they had, 
They had two weeks to prepare. They were as healthy as they've been all year long. All of these things were building up. We're like, all right, here come the Oklahoma Sooners. And just didn't happen for, for whatever reason. And I, I do think you got to give Dave Aranda and that Baylor team sure. all the credit. I'll say this, just being down there on the sideline at the field level, they've got some talented players. I mean, some really, really talented players on both sides of the football. I was impressed with them physically. That's a good football team, Toby. Who's your player of the game? I can't believe I'm going to do this, and I'm so glad that Teddy's not here yet. <laughs> so normally you'll take someone from the either. offense and I'll take someone from the defense. Or, or, I'll, or I'll vice take versa. Someone. Yeah. yeah, and that's how it usually works. Well, I did choose first today. You did, mm-hmm. and you chose the guy from the defense. So I was like, okay, I got an offensive guy. Here we go. And then I started looking at things, and I went through the plays, and I was like, I'm going with the punter. Michael Turk is your player of the game. Michael Turk is my player of the game. Explain yourself. Well, w- when you get into big games, right, do your job. That's the motto, mm-hmm. right? Michael Turk did his job. Four punts. 55.3 average. 55.3 average. Had a 61-yarder. And remember, his best punt of the day got called back because of an illegal formation. That's right. I don't remember how long that one was, but it was longer than 61. He flipped the field himself. So it's all about getting on the biggest stage, getting in big games, and not doing anyone else's job, not trying to do too much. Didn't overswing. He was great. You, you, you don't want to see I'm trying, him on the I'm field. I'm trying to make this no, 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 as positive with you. as you I can. You don't want to see him on the field, but, man, when he's out there, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's having a spectacular year. My player of the game is Brian Osamoa. I think he was the best player on Oklahoma's football team on Saturday, and I think it wasn't even close. 14 tackles is what I think they ended up uh, giving him credit for. It felt like more than that. It felt like every – uh, every play, his name was coming out of my mouth. He was involved in the tackle. He was involved in coverage. He had a ton of tackles for loss. Uh, he hit hard. He caused the turnover with the uh, the fumble that he forced there in the uh, second quarter, I believe it was. So best game I think maybe he's played in a Sooner uniform, certainly one of them. And he looked like he had a, a couple of jolt energy drinks before he got to the field. He was all over the place. He, he was fantastic. I mean, and the thing about Brian is he's got elite athleticism, right? And they've been waiting on the ability to diagnose plays, the ability to anticipate things for him to become the player they thought he could be. And that's what we saw last Saturday. That's what we saw Brian Osamoa do against Baylor. It seems like he was just seeing everything very clearly. And I, I thought he played with great recognition, great anticipation. He was really physical, arrived at the football with bad intentions, and, and made a bunch of big-time plays in this game, especially in the first half. Boom, right there, and caused the fumble. That was a, that was a massive Third play quarter. in that game. And that was also that was one of those plays where we were like, all right, here come the Sooners. This is where it turns around. And fortunately, it never happened. Brian Osamoa, my player of the game. All right, time now for the drive of the game, presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get passed. Get Pike Pass. First time OU has it. Second quarter, we're still scoreless. Deep shot there, boy. He had a step. Just under threw Marvin Mims a bit. Incomplete. 
second and 10 all day. There were a lot of these early in the game where the line did a really good job in pass pro. Yeah, in this this section of the game, I, I, I thought it was pivotal. You look at the drive before this one, right? They go seven plays, miss a field goal. Then they have this drive, you know, really promising, moving the football. You go nine plays, you end up going and scoring a touchdown. And then the next drive, you go nine plays, but you miss another field goal. So those are three drives where you're really moving the ball well, right? You're doing some good things offensively. You're having a lot of positive plays, and you only come away with seven yep. points. Yep. Lincoln talked about that today. He felt like there was a section of this game where they played pretty good offensive football. Nice play here by Eric Gray. Bounces oh. it outside, almost got in. Caleb Williams would finish it off on the very next play with a two-yard touchdown run. Sooners had the lead, 7-0. Couldn't hang on. That's our drive of the game uh, for OU and Baylor. We'll take an opening timeout. When we come back, a deeper dive into the offense and the defense. And coming up a little later in the show, we'll preview this week's showdown with the Iowa State Cyclones. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Thank you to our... Our Cornerstone Television Partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our Community Partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OG&E, and Coca-Cola. Sports TV is brought to you by the best place to gear up for game day is shop.soonersports.com. Kincaid Coach Lines. The official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Homeland. Your homegrown advantage. Proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics. Walden Cleaners and Laundry. Where the difference is quality. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Rudy's. Gabe and Toby with you. Hey, Fox Sports' big noon kickoff show is coming back to Oklahoma this Saturday. Don't miss Bob Stoops and the entire team and be on live national TV. Represent Sooner Nation 9 a.m. this Saturday at the party at the Palace. And how would you like to be able to listen to our Sooner radio broadcast while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home? You can't. Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how. All right, we're going to talk Iowa State coming up in a bit. We're also uh, going to have Pickham. You guys went 5-0 and in Pickham last week. You See what happens when you're gone? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Let's, let's talk a little more Baylor before we turn the page. I want to talk about, you know, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you mentioned the run game. Where, where do they need to be better? Where can they be better running the football? Yeah, with the run game, I mean, it all starts at the line of scrimmage. Right, it all starts with the offensive line, and this is a couple games now, right? Going back to Texas Tech, where they just have, they have not produced enough movement in the run game. And I, I don't really, I don't really disagree with Lincoln Riley going away from the run. Like if, if you can't run the football, what's the point of calling runs? So that offensive line, They've got to take it personally. Uh, they've got to play better, right? Because you, you go back and watch that film, and Baylor controlled things at the line of scrimmage. There was just very little movement 
when they did dial up run schemes and they did they they had some QB run game. I I think it was a big part of the plan going into the game and it just it didn't work out the way that they thought it was going to work out. So, you know, got got to the passing stuff a little more, but you you look at with them not being able to run the football consistently at an efficient level, got some bad down and distances. And with how good Baylor is in zone coverage, especially underneath, uh, with how small those windows look to a quarterback when he's dropping back on second long, third and long, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to produce offensively, especially with the freshman quarterback uh, that's in a hostile environment and, you know, frankly, didn't play very well. Yep, he struggled. Caleb's had his, had his biggest struggle so far. Got his hand stepped on, too. That didn't help anything. No, got, got – uh, they went with Rattler for a little bit. Uh, Lincoln said today Caleb Williams is his starting quarterback. You feel like he's going to be okay going forward? Yeah. Uh, really uh, the first true adversity he's faced here. And one thing – and I know this is going to sound weird, but just seeing, seeing Caleb after the game, it – it clearly means a lot to him, right? You know, showing the emotion he showed after that football game, right? He he cares. And you, you talk to the coaching staff about him. This is a guy that wants to be great. He's a guy that puts the time in, right? He's up there at the facility all the time trying to get better, trying to learn, uh, trying to grow as a quarterback. I'm not worried about 13 moving forward. At all. He is an ultra-confident guy. He's got all the talent in the world. Had a bad game. He's a freshman playing against good defense. Had a bad game. And he was a victim of some drops, which has not been an issue for this wide receiving core this year. They've been sure-handed. They've been really good. Five, six of them, maybe four, five, six of them this week, which is just a little odd. And it was was a combination, right, a bad combination of when guys won one-on-ones, a couple things happened. You know, sometimes Caleb didn't throw him the ball, didn't see him. And other times he did. And we've, we've grown accustomed to this wide receiver court making a lot of competitive plays, mm-hmm. right? Competitive catch situations just didn't really happen in that game. Uh, so you, you factor in what Baylor does from a coverage standpoint, how difficult they can make that if, if you're not running the football well and it all kind of combined together for – a bad offensive performance. Defensively, uh, only three sacks in the last four games combined now. That was uh, early in the season. Certainly with the Texas game, the ability to get pressure on the quarterback was a strength of this football team. How did they get back to that? Because I feel like that's going to be one of the biggest keys against Iowa State. Right, and, and Baylor's a hard team to get pressure on right? with what they do, all the outside zone stuff, all the play action stuff, all the max protection. I mean, they make it really, really difficult. You, you see Gary Bohannon right there. I mean, balls out of his hand in a second. You're not going to sack quarterbacks if they're doing that. You're just not. So, really, the problem, especially in the second half of this game, was they didn't get enough negative plays to set up situations where Gary Bohannon had to be a dropback passer, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, Baylor stayed on schedule. And if they can stay on schedule, Jeff Grimes' system is really, really efficient. So, I thought the defense played really well for three quarters. Yeah, I thought they played winning football. 
I I really did. Thought they got worn down. And that Abram Smith run, the 75-yarder, is one that, that really changed the game, in my opinion. But you think about what he did on the ground, a 75-yard run, it's like half of his rushing yards for game. Well, if I tell you they give up 10 points through three quarters and even 27 for the game, going in, you probably think Oklahoma wins the football game. So, Yep. Uh, Woody Washington back. That was good to see. Looked like he played pretty well, as best we I could tell. We didn't talk about him much, which is usually That's good. That's a good sign for a corner, yeah. The the very unfortunate thing coming out of this game is the loss of Caleb Kelly. Yeah, I mean, the kid just he, – he's had some awful luck when it comes to injuries. He's – from all indications, he he's done everything the right way, right? And handles himself well off the field, leader of this football team, and just another knee injury for him. It just it's awful. It's it's not fair to him. And you just hope whatever he whatever he does after this, I, I think he's he's gonna be very successful. He's he's an impressive young he man, is. but you hate to see him go down with another injury, man. That guy can't buy a break. He's got a degree in communication. He's got his master's already in administrative leadership. Uh, he's going to be very successful in whatever he does going forward, including broadcasting, if that's what he decides he wants to do. I Very hey, well spoken. I, I saw he put that tweet out there to Bob to get him on Big Noon Kickoff. Yeah. If, if that doesn't happen. It's happening. I, Bob's already promised. I, I saw it, but if that doesn't happen, you know, maybe something happened. You never know. There's There's – there's contracts and such. Yeah. I think we got a spot for him on Sooner Game Day. Absolutely, absolutely. We would gladly have him over. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look around the Big 12. Very interesting day around the rest of the Big 12. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Sports TV is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. Time for the Big 12 Report, presented by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. This is a look at what's coming up this week. 
course, the Sooners in Iowa State get things started at 11 a.m. Kansas will try to make it two in a row. They go to Fort Worth. OSU Tech, that could be interesting. Night game out in Lubbock. Texas going to try to snap a six-game or try to snap a five-game losing streak. They'll be in Morgantown. How about that game? Baylor and Kansas State, 4.30 kickoff in Manhattan. We'll talk more about those in a bit. But moments ago, the brand-new college football rankings dropped. And here's what they look like. No, we don't have it. No, or we don't have it. We can tell you OU fell to 13. The Sooners at 13. The OSU 9, Baylor 11, Oklahoma 13. About what you thought, Gabe? Yeah, I, I thought 13 would be the furthest that they fell. So we knew going into the Baylor game with where the committee had put Oklahoma at 8 that you know, they were a little iffy on the Sooners mm -hmm. already, sure. but – just the way that that game went, I didn't think they – they're still only a one-loss team. I mean, they're a nine-and-one football team, so you can only drop them so far. But I thought that was the maximum that they could drop them in. Well, yeah. they, uh, they dropped them as far as they could. Not out of it. Going to have to play better. Going to have to play better to win these games. Got it. But mathematically, definitely not out of this thing if they were to run the table here. In fact, you look at some of the uh, – Projection sites out there, ESPN's got one, 538's got one. Here's a look at the uh, graphic now. Uh, I believe 538 said if OU wins out, they gave them a 78% chance. I think the ESPN uh, projection had the 80%. But, uh, I, I know Wake Forest finally beat a ranked team. Congratulations to the Demon Deacons. You're going to have a hard time convincing me that they're better than Baylor. Real hard time. Right. Well, no, Force, Sam Hartman's good quarterback. Wake like, Forest I, gets Clemson this week, so that'll be a, a better test for them. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, with with how well Baylor played, I'm a little surprised they they didn't crack the top ten. Now, still got a still a couple games left. We'll see what happens. But a little interesting that they kept Wake Forest, the mighty ACC. <laughs> <laughs> in front of uh, in front of Baylor. Top seven remain the same. OSU moves up, Baylor moves up, OU moves down. So we'll see what that looks like after. How is this Kansas week. State not ranked? Are they still How not is in? four loss Mississippi State ranked and Kansas State's not ranked? Wow, I didn't even it's recognize ridiculous. That. <laughs> oh no, we've got Gabe riled. Uh, all right, let's take a look at some of the Big Twelve highlights from this past week, and we will start, I believe, in Stillwater. Boy, the Cowboys look good. TCU and Oklahoma State playing up at Boone Pickens Stadium. And this was all OSU I, and all on the ground. I, I know why they wore all black now. It was that TCU defense's funeral. My goodness. <laughs> that was, I mean, let's just call it what it was. That was a beatdown in Stillwater. And you look at what they're doing with Jalen Warren in this run game. And it wasn't just Jalen Warren in this one. Uh, Bishop McGinnis' finest, Dominic Richardson, got going as well, scored a couple touchdowns. But they they got whatever they wanted on the ground against TCU. 447 yards rushing for the Cowboys in this big game. Number. Big number. Spencer Sanders looking better as well. Cowboys win 63-17. to How about that game out in Lubbock, by the way? Texas Tech and... This week's OU opponent, Iowa State. Tech jumped out to a huge lead. Iowa State roars all the way back. There were some big numbers put up in this game. Brock Purdy threw for 356. 
and three touchdowns. Donovan Smith, who has now taken over as the starting quarterback for the Red Raiders, threw for 322 yards and three touchdowns. Look at that ball. He's their third-string quarterback. He's a good-looking quarterback. He, and he was just a runner when he came here. I, As I watched this game, I was so glad that he didn't do this against <laughs> Oklahoma. I mean, he was throwing it all over the place, just dropping it in a bucket to Ezekama there. It's, he was spectacular in this game. And you looked up in the first half. There, Texas Tech was up 28-7. to This was a big score right here for Brees Hall. And for Iowa State to kind of get back in things right before the half. But Iowa State came all the way back only to lose via the foot of a kicker. Jonathan Garibay. I don't know if we're going to stick with the Oh, I'm sure. I, we better show it. The kid deserves his props. 62 yards. You kidding yeah, we, me? All right, we'll stick with it. We're in the fourth quarter now. 31-28. Iowa State keeps coming. TC, uh, Texas Tech trying to hold him at arm's length. They get the touchdown to make it a two-score game again. Here comes Iowa State right back. Brock Purdy's got a lot of time. Spin cycle. Brees Hall, who spins better than any running back in the country. Touchdown makes it 38-35. Here we go. 62 yards, Jonathan Garibay. From the logo. Drilled it. I mean, are you kidding right me? Right down and the gut. What, what a lot of people may not realize, makes them bowl eligible. It's their sixth win right there. It's a huge – you talk about a massive kick. Yeah. And I know and, – and I'm sure Teddy won't give him the respect he deserves during Lincoln's show because he's a kicker. But that's why you're nice to kickers right there because they can win you games and send you to bowl games. Yeah, I'll let you discuss that with Teddy when he gets here. Um, so, yeah, they're having – the funny thing is they're having a nice season and they fired their coach in the middle of it, which is odd. You don't say that a lot. So and They've hired another guy that isn't coaching technically. It's – it's very odd in Lubbock. Not shown due to technical difficulties, and this might be the first time we get booed here at Rudy's. The Texas-Kansas highlights, uh, to not shown. We have, I'm told we're having technical difficulties. Kansas won 57-56 in overtime. Your thoughts? I thought my, my initial thoughts was Steve Sarkeesian has lost his football team. They're down three touchdowns. In the first half, they're down three touchdowns in the third quarter. And Texas, they're, they're not a good team this year, but they're not that bad, right? And now I do want to give Jalen Daniels credit. He, he played, played really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad that he's going to get to play these last couple of games for the Jayhawks uh, at quarterback. Devin Neal, he has, he's turned into a real playmaker for them at the running back position. Kyron Johnson with some huge plays from the defensive end spot for them, forcing fumbles, which they ended up turning into touchdowns. But that shouldn't happen, right? I I know we like making fun of Texas. I like making fun of Texas more than anyone. But you you shouldn't be down three touchdowns to Kansas at home. I mean, come on. And after some of the things Sarkeesian said over the last couple days about possibly having 33 new players on the roster next season – Things make a little more sense. Also, you lose B. John Robinson yeah. to a dislocated elbow in that game. But, hey, the walk-on tight end catching the w- game winner was awesome, wasn't it? Jared Casey, the video of his parents watching from the other end zone, priceless. Casey Thompson had six touchdown passes, by the way, in the loss. It snapped a 56-game Kansas Big 12 road losing streak. 
and it's the first five-game losing streak for Texas since the 1950s. It's a shame. It's a bit amazing. All right, so the Sooners play this week. Uh, there is the opportunity OU could clinch a spot in the Big 12 championship game. Sequence of events take place. Let's take a look at what needs to happen. Of course, the Sooners start the weekend in a tie with Oklahoma State atop the standings. Both teams have only one loss in conference play. Uh, Baylor with two losses. Iowa State now with three. Here's a look at the standings. Exactly what I just said. Kansas State's looming as well back there. But the top three teams are the teams vying for the two spots now in the Big 12 championship game. If Baylor were to lose and Oklahoma win this weekend, the Sooners would be in, basically. Other than that, I think we're going to the final weekend with this thing undecided. The the odds makers don't know everything, but uh, I looked at it. Baylor in Manhattan is now a pick'em. Hmm. Speaking of, we're going to make it a pick'em. You know, one of our pickups coming up a little bit later, so you better be thinking about who you think is going to win that game. I've, I've, I've been thinking about it. It's a tough one. I mean, Kansas State's playing really good football right now. Baylor, you got a figure coming off. Huge win, biggest win of the Dave Aranda era. Are they going to be ready to play on the road? So that's going to be a fascinating football game with big-time ramifications. Skylar Thompson's last game in Manhattan. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, right. It's like his ninth year. <laughs> He's been there for a while. When we come back, we'll break down this week's opponent, the Iowa State Cyclones. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Hey, make sure you're there for the next Sooner Magic Moment by looking, uh, locking in your membership with the Sooner Club, your 2022 membership renewal now available, including early renewal incentives and monthly payment plans. For more information, go to thesoonerclub.com slash renew22 today. All right, time to go behind enemy lines now, brought to us by the Riverwind Casino, still the one. 11 a.m. again, Saturday morning, final home game on Owen Field this year. It'll be the Iowa State Cyclones at Brees Hall. That'll come a-calling. Six and four, their record on the year. Matt Campbell now in his fifth season. These two teams have played some dandy games against each other in the last three years, really in the Matt Campbell era. Anytime OU and Iowa State got together, including last year's Big 12 championship, it has been a good football game. Cyclones have won in Norman, obviously, a couple of years back. Disappointing year, Gabe, I think, by expectations going into the season. We thought when the schedule came out, you know, maybe the Big 12 had set this up to where the two big boys would meet at the end of the year, the two favorites in the conference. Uh, maybe they would both even be undefeated when this game rolled around in November. And Oklahoma's got a ding now, but Iowa State's lost four football games. Yeah, and 
It's just they've done a lot of it to themselves. Costly turnovers, big mistakes, whether that be from Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, breakdowns in the back end of their defense, special teams. Lost the Baylor game because of special teams. I mean, gave up two return touchdowns to Tristan Ebner. So you, you look at that, and it's just it, – it's one of those things where – you are what your record says you are. I know some people will say, no, 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 that cliche, it's not true. Well, no, that's how, it's, that's how this thing works. Mm-hmm. This, this game is all about wins and losses. That's how it works. So you either win or you lose. And they've lost four football games. Unless you're the Steelers or Lions. Yes. Yeah. And then you tie. Now, luckily in college football, we avoid that gotcha. disaster of a yeah. situation. Sorry, I was smart. Like, no, ahead. I like it. I like it. Do you think Dan Campbell is happy? Yeah, oh, yeah. He looks like he's always happy. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that, unfortunately, Iowa State's still a pretty good football team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got experience. Uh, all of their star players are healthy. Uh, they, they are not going to be intimidated coming into Norman. Nope. Uh, this is a team that, even though they are a 6-4 and four football team, this is a team that I think, in their minds, they're, they think they're on the same level as Oklahoma. So, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting because I, I know what the record says, but you dive into kind of some of the deeper analytics and, you know, you get into success rates and all this stuff. They're like a top 12, top 15 football team in the country uh, when you dive into it from that standpoint. So, they can play. They can yeah. play this, this team. They're not as good as I – Thought they were going to be, especially defensively, especially in the back end. Uh, they've given up some really big plays in the passing game, which you're just used, not used to seeing from a John Haycock defense. But if they play their best game, which I'm sure they will. Probably will, yeah. Uh, against Oklahoma, then – they're a tough out, there's no doubt. Let's talk about them on offense, and yes, everybody's back. Everybody you saw last year and the year before, they're still there. Brock Purdy, a quarterback, completing 73% of his passes this year, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. Brees Hall having another monster year on the ground. He has a touchdown now in 22 straight games. He's number two in the nation in scoring and in touchdowns. He's got 16 touchdowns. Xavier Hutchinson, outstanding wide receiver, and Charlie Kolar, the Norman North product, and Chase Allen, maybe the best one-two tight end combination in America. They're all still there, Gabe. This is the same football team. Yes, it's, and that's why it's so surprising that their record is what it is. Uh, you look at Xavier Hutchinson, he's producing, right? He is, he has produced the way that we all thought he was going to uh, when he was preseason All Big Twelve. Uh, the one thing about their offense that isn't as good as I thought it was going to be is the offensive line, uh, especially at the offensive tackle position. I I don't think they are as good on the offensive line as they thought they were going to be. I talked to Matt Campbell before the season at Big 12 Media Day about this group, and he gushed about the talent and the depth, and I think they've underperformed. They've got skill, guys. Uh, Brees Hall is going to be an early-round draft pick. Xavier Hutchinson, if he runs well at the combine, he's going to be an early-round draft pick. Brock Purdy, you look at the numbers, I know that they're good. I think he has been he's been a little underwhelming, 
this season. Uh, the thing that bothers me when I watch him, like he seems to make mistakes at the very worst times. Yeah. So you look at it, they're they're solid offensively. Uh, I think Xavier Hutchinson and Brees Hall and Charlie Kolar are fantastic, but they'll make some mistakes. And I, I don't think that their offensive line is going to control the game against Oklahoma's defensive line. I, I think de- Oklahoma's defensive line can get after them up front a little bit. Defensively, same story. Mike Rose is still there. Greg Eisworth, Jake Hummel, Will McDonald, uh, all still there. Will McDonald, 10 sacks on the year. Awazariki's got seven and a half sacks. Of course, they play the 3-3-5 defense that now everybody is trying to emulate across the Big 12 and some across the country as well. But they've been doing it for a while, and it's a defense that has given Oklahoma fits at times. It it certainly has, right? And we've seen these we, we've seen Oklahoma and Iowa State have some battles here recently, and it has a lot to do with that defense's ability to limit what Oklahoma's been able to do offensively in those games. And I, I think they got some really good players on the defensive side of things. Mike Rose has been banged up this year, but man, when he is healthy, he is he's about as talented as the linebackers you'll find in the Big 12. Hummel's been extremely productive at the linebacker position. Really physical guy. The one the one area I don't think they're as good as we've seen them be in the past is that three-man front. Now, Will McDonald is a fantastic pass rusher. Like, if that's all he had to do, boy, he's all world. But he's not particularly great at playing the run. I don't think it's like glaring weakness of his, but he's not as good as some of the guys we've seen play defensive end for them in the past. You know, a guy like Jaquan Bailey. But I don't think they have that big nose that just ruins everything for an offense in the middle of that defense. Mike Baylor. Yeah. You you, you – have was Arike who plays nose and in for him. He's a little tall, plays a little high. I mean, a lot of people remember Ray Lima, mm-hmm. just short, stout, could not move that guy in the middle of Iowa State's defense. They don't have that guy this year for me. And I think that's why, even though statistically they're great, I think that and them not being able to get to the quarterback as a collective front. Right, McDonald's doing a good job. You look at the numbers. Fuyu was Arike, like he's doing a good job, but they just don't produce the same pressure. I know the stats look good, but when I watch them, I, I don't see them collapsing the pocket like I've seen from them in the past. In about a minute, you got one or two of the most important things you think for OU Saturday, either side of the ball. I say the same thing every week: run the football and stop the run. That in. For Oklahoma's defense, that's that's going to be the name of the game, right? Uh, Matt Campbell, he doesn't make it a secret. They want to run the football and set everything else up off of that. And Brock Purdy, if you get the good version of Brock Purdy, the best version of him, he can throw it around. Like, And one thing he's done the last couple of outings, he's really used his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, get first downs to extend plays, throw the ball down the field. I mean, he's made – He's had some big chunk runs recently, but you got to stop Brees Hall. you got to stop Brees Hall. That's what they want to do. He is their best player. 
They're going to feed him. They're going to get in those two tight end, three tight end sets, and they're going to challenge Oklahoma's physicality. And they got to they got to meet that level of physicality and surpass it. You got to stop the run. If you can make Iowa State a one dimensional football team, Brock Purdy will throw you a couple. All right, we'll take our final break here on the huddle. When we come back, over-unders and pick them for this week. Lincoln Riley right around the corner as well with Teddy Lehman. You're watching the huddle. We'll be right back. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. All right, welcome back. We're huddling everybody. Men's and women's basketball mini plans and single game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss any of the action. Secure your seats today for hoops by calling 405-324-2424 or by visiting Soonersports.com slash tickets. And the One Pass is your one ticket to 80-plus Sooner athletic events and access to exclusive experiences. Visit Soonersports.com slash One Pass for more information on how to experience the best in collegiate athletics. We end every show with a game of over-under and pick them. Let's start with over-under. Let's see how you and Curtis Lofton did last week. You went 2-2. Two and two. You had 120 and a half rushing yards for Abram Smith. You picked under. He went over. Uh, 0.5 interceptions by Bohannon. Uh, he had uh, picked over, and he had one, so that's correct. Three and a half touchdowns by Caleb Williams. Took the over. That was uh, only one. And 0.5 special teams touchdowns. Picked the under, and that was right. So our over-under record, only 15 and 25 on the year. My my memory mm. serves me differently. Yeah? I think I thought Abram Smith was going to have a pretty solid we'll day. We'll take that up with the producer after the I'm show. I'm not worried right. about it. Over, we'll under, move on. two and a half tackles for loss for Isaiah Thomas this week. He's on a really good run right now. Two and a half tackles for loss, not sacks. Two and a half TFLs, which sacks count for. Correct. Right, correct. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over because I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities. I, like I, I think they're going to run it quite a bit. We are riding with you this week. Unless okay. I, unless I disagree. Right. Unless I disagree. Yeah, well, uh, speak the over. up if you do. Uh, half a touchdown for Jeremiah Hall. Bullfrog getting in the end zone? Lincoln seems to like it. it if they move the football, they get down in the red zone. You know they got some stuff dialed up for them, especially senior day. Yeah, you feeling it? Why not? Let's let's we'll ride the with over. the bullfrog. One hundred seventeen and a half rushing yards for Brees Hall. I believe that's his average per game. One seventeen point five. Is he getting his average Saturday? I after what we saw Abram Smith do, but it was really if you take away the seventy five yard run, the defense sure. did a really solid job. But yeah, we've we've seen Oklahoma's defense struggle. With the 12 personnel, the Work 13 personnel stuff. Right. I want to take the over. Also, I think Brees Hall's a really good football player. So you're going to take the over? I am. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That doesn't mean OU's going to lose the game. No. Yeah, okay. In LA, if, if you hold Brees Hall to 120 yards, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. One and a half. Uh, let's see. What is this one? Uh, over under one and a half minutes for Caleb Kelly on big noon kickoff. Oh. So, uh, 
Caleb asked if he could be on Big Noon Kickoff from Bob. Bob said yes. So apparently he's going to be on the show with him. Is he going to get 90 seconds or more of TV time? That's, that's some expensive time. It's a lot of time on a national broadcast. That's a lot of time. Yeah. I say he gets a minute. So slightly under. Slightly under. That's a, still a minute of Fox. That's pregame coverage is huge. So that's, I mean, that's massive. Yeah. You're We're not getting that. any time on there. Uh, I mean, they may play a highlight. Oh, that's good. I'm not getting any time. <laughs> we'll hear your voice for sure. Okay, pick them. So we're taking the under on that. So what we're doing. Uh, pick them. Last week, you guys went 4-1. and one. I erroneously said you went 5-0 uh, and oh last week. Michigan, correct. Oklahoma State, correct. Ole Miss, correct. That looks like a 5-0 and oh to me. Ohio State, I, correct. Texas I, Tech? Uh, you didn't pick Texas Tech. I don't think we picked Texas Tech. Okay. Sorry, I didn't know Donovan Smith was going to turn into Vince Young. Still good record on the year, 32-18. and 18. Michigan State at Ohio State this week. Who we got? I, I like what Michigan State does from a physicality standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think they're going to try to establish the run with Kenneth Walker to the third. Peyton Thorne can do some things. But Michigan State's defense is not good in the back end. Ohio State? Ohio State. All right. We got C.J. Stroud and those wide receivers. 60 seconds for the rest of these. Texas at West Virginia. Are they going to break the streak? Texas is not going to break the streak? West Virginia plays much better at home. And when they run the football, they are a pretty solid team. And I think they'll be able to run it against Texas' defense. Texas' defense stinks. Can SMU beat Cincinnati? Can they give them their first loss? No. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Arkansas at Alabama. Any chance for the Hogs? Don't say that. Uh, it felt gross coming out of my mouth. I'm never doing that again. Baylor at Kansas State. Big game. I'm going to take Baylor, Mm. but I think it is going to be a fantastic game. I'm going to use my one veto, and we're taking Kansas State. We're taking Kansas State. Hey, I'm fine with that. They're playing good football. Nice job, my man. Gabe Eichert, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.